The following is offered by Discerning Hearts, a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to spiritual formation through the use of new media. To download this selection, or to browse hundreds of other programs, or to contribute to our mission with a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible, visit our website at discerninghearts.com. The most beautiful, beautiful reading that the Church gives us today, and it's from the Song of Songs. A reading from the Song of Songs. My lover, here he comes, springing across the mountains, leaping across the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. Here he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattices. My lover speaks. He says to me, Arise, my beloved, my dove, my beautiful one, and come. For see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of pruning the vines has come. And the song of the dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines in bloom give forth fragrance. Arise, my beloved, my beautiful one, and come. Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the secret recesses of the cliff, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and you are lovely. The Word of the Lord. Many, many times in, in, the to- in these biblical times, young women would be taken from wherever they were. If, a, if there was like a beauty contest and someone was really outstandingly beautiful, the king would take her and bring her into the palace and she would become part of the king's harem. And that was just accepted in those days. Every king had a harem. Well, in this particular village, this young man was so in love with his, his beloved. And the king just came into the village, and before they had become husband or wife or anything, he took this young woman, and he brought her in to the palace. Now, anyone who would dare to go near that palace would be killed. Anyone who came near so powerful was the authority of the king and now here is this young lover coming down from the mountain coming across right up to the king's palace and there he stands and here he finds the room where she is sequestered and he comes up to that window he comes up to that wall not even fearing for his life and he just wants to see her and invite her again to come with him. And this has always been the relationship of God, who comes from heaven and comes down to earth and finds a faithful soul. This is the reading for today, that we who have been journeying with the Lord, preparing ourselves 
for his coming. Where is he coming? God is going to come from heaven. And God is going to come to earth. And all of the scriptures, all the prophets, have been preparing the hearts of the Jewish people for the coming of the Lord. And there has always been in the history of the Jews, the Anuim, a small faithful segment of Jews who had remained faithful. And they were always the one that drew the heart of God. God was always drawn. There will be a remnant. There will be someone who will be faithful to God's word. And after millions of people and eons of time, time and time again, failure, failure of the Jewish people to be faithful, there becomes one finally faithful. And her name is in the gospel today. It's Mary. God can hardly hold back now. All the earth has been prepared for his coming. And what is the disposition of God? Listen. My lover, here he comes, springing across the mountains, leaping across the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. Here he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattices. My lover speaks. He says to me, Arise, my beloved, my dove, my beautiful one, and come. For see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of pruning the vines has come, and the song of the dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines in bloom give forth fragrance. Arise, my beloved, my beautiful one, and come. Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the secret recesses of the cliff, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and you are lovely. And there's a priest who, his name was Monsignor Ronald Knox, who wrote a book, and it was called by this title, Looking Through the Window in the Wall. And the window in the wall is the Eucharist. If you have been following in our Advent journey, and you have gone to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and you look at the host, that's what he says, the window in the wall is. Think of Jesus peering at you from heaven with eyes blazing with love coming down from heaven and not only coming into a baby but coming into the Eucharist and now God made man he has become a human being and we are awaiting his birth a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. The example that I I think is fitting for us today is how faithful are we to our promises? God promised that he would give us a Savior, and God has been true to his promise. We live in a day when so many difficult uh, things are arising because of the changing and the speed of things. So many people make promises. I'm thinking of you young people. And I know when I, I deal with young people today, it's so hard for them to promise what they're going to do in six weeks, no less what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Commitment is one of the most difficult things for young people to do. They have so many options. Life is speeding so fast. They meet a beautiful girl. What about commitment, engagement? And so how faithful are you? I would ask you young people, when you promise something, do you fulfill it? As a young boy, with, with your dad, with your mom, if you promise you're going to do something, how faithful are you? To your promise. Mother Teresa says, it's much more important to be faithful than to be successful. Her saying, I believe, is God has called us not to be successful, but to be faithful. How do you follow through on your promise, on your commitment? I would like to ask priests, young priests today, old priests, all of us, how committed are we and faithful to our promise of obedience to the church, to her laws, to our bishop. Unfaithfulness has become such a style today. You know, I could do this for a time or I could do that. We took a lifelong commitment. What is our attitude toward our commitment? I would ask you with regard to any promise, supposing you took a loan, how faithful are you? in returning it. Have you taken things that don't belong to you? I'm not saying you had the intention of stealing it, but look at your, your and examine yourself today in the light of the faithfulness of God. When he promised, he fulfilled what he was going to do. And it's not just a matter of uh, promising or saying you're going to do it but to really follow through. How faithful are we to our commitments? If I have taken a loan and I have failed to repay it, and maybe someone even writes it off, or somehow or other I I feel as if I've gotten away from it, I really believe that today each of us should examine herself and himself on how and what my attitude is toward my promises and my, my backing up that promise with what I do. That Christ 
came as the promise of God into the world. God said he would save the world, and he sent us Jesus. The most faithful and waited for his coming was Mary. And when she stood there, and she was obedient to the word of God, and she said, let it be done to me according to your word, all of mankind was saved. God had promised a redeemer, and Mary had fulfilled her role of being faithful and waiting and hoping for that promise to be fulfilled. And she herself has been the remnant, the Anawim, the faithful one. And in the light of God, who promised us a Savior, and in the light of Mary's yes, today I'd like all of us to examine ourselves on whatever promises that we have made, whether we have fulfilled those promises or not. The the commitments that we make, the promises that we make, are very important for our character and our virtue to fulfill what we said we're going to do. The, 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 the life of, in a family, the life in a parish, the life in this world has become more and more distrustful. You know, do, when, you know, when Joseph married Mary, he trusted God's word. Do you have a trust in your husband? Do you, when you took your vow, and are you trustworthy? Our relationships today, when they're based on the faithfulness of those who promise, when, when, I, when I see the, the number of divorces that can enter into the world, two people who stood before God and took uh, a promise before God, with regard to divorce, it's, it's really a reality that's with us, and I'm not saying that divorce is an easy way out. I know I'm a priest 60 years, and there are many people that I've said, I think that's what, this is what you should do, especially if the other party is so unwilling to continue in the commitment. But we, we want to look at, at ourselves, look inside myself. How faithful am I to the promises that I have made? Secondly, I think after I examine myself on that, and I might see that there might be some things that I have failed in. Have I made amends? When I do something, that, when I promise something that I didn't do, when I took something that I should not have taken, is there a way now that I can amend what I have done in the past in order to bring about a peace in my conscience, to examine myself, on my commitments, my failures to follow through, and an amendment that I can do is, I think, very much here in uh, today's examination. I really believe as we prepare ourselves for this celebration of, of Christmas in these final days, how much more glorious this will be if we would pick up our scriptures and read again, especially those who have vowed their lives to someone, 
that Jesus, in order to fulfill his promise, gave his life for us. To the laying down of his life, he fulfilled his commitment. And sometimes, sometimes with us who are united with him, we have to be ready in the deepest part of our hearts to be united with him and say, even if I have to lay down my life, I will fulfill what I have said I would do. And you, especially who are married, you do that day by day in your married lives. And you who are priests and you who are bishops, you do that every day. And so let your Eucharist be a sign. And you who are committed and consecrated virgins, you do that every day. Your giving of your lives is a fulfillment of that promise you made in the new covenant of his blood. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this program or to browse hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com.